Welcome to Agenda Breakdown, a podcast that explores how cities make decisions and how you can have a say. I'm Kim Bishop, and today we're going to talk about city council meetings, how they work, and why so few citizens have ever been. If you go to city council meetings regularly, you start to notice familiar faces. The same members of the public tend to show up again and again to share their thoughts, and they tend to be the same types of people. They don't have young kids to tuck in or jobs to wake up for or rent to worry about. In fact, one of the reasons I started this podcast was to encourage more types of people to participate in local government. Cities need diverse participation in order to have fair representation. So the goal of today's episode is to make city council meetings seem more approachable. Here to help me with that is journalist Robin Epley. She is an opinion writer at the Sacramento Bee, and before that, she was a podcaster and reporter at the Enterprise Record in Chico. Welcome, Robin. Thanks so much for having me. When you were at the Enterprise Record, you wrote this great story called How Do City Council Meetings Work? Here's a primer. It's a couple years old now, but I actually still assign it to students when I'm, uh, when I'm getting them familiar with the meetings they're about to cover. What made you decide to write that story? You know, it was actually sort of the same frustrations that you were just talking about, that the majority of people who live in a city will never go to a city council meeting and they'll never know what goes on because it is almost its own language that is happening. And even as a reporter trying to cover it, it can be very confusing until you get to know what people are talking about and what a city clerk is and why the public works director is, you know, talking about A, B, or C. And so it's a little daunting. And I have had plenty of experience in covering local government. And so this article was something I kind of half jokingly mentioned to my editor at the time as I wish more people knew how these meetings worked because if they knew maybe they would go and so he said write it up and so I wrote this description of not all of the intricacies but a lot of the intricacies that go on in city council meetings but you can also use this article as sort of a way into any local government be a board of supervisors or a city council or even a school board meeting yeah that's interesting they all have the same structure essentially and once you know how things generally work then it makes it a whole lot easier to jump in so let's jump in i, <laughs> I love how you break it down how do these meetings work what's the general structure Well, so every meeting can change a little bit. It really has to do with what the board or the council wants to talk about first. But generally, they're always going to discuss old business first, and they're going to discuss new business last. And the beginning almost always starts with the Pledge of Allegiance and... The mayor or the head of the board will usually make some sort of announcements if any need to be made. Then they usually move on to something called the consent calendar, and that is a whole bunch of little pieces of things that the city clerk doesn't think needs to be discussed, but the counselors can pull off of it as they want, and usually that is approved or disapproved all in one go. It's almost always approved. And then you get on to the real meat of the meeting, which is the agenda, and that That is where the really good stuff is if you're a reporter, right? That is all the new business. That is all the stuff that needs a lot of discussion that will have votes taken on it. And each of these 
agenda items, each of the consent calendar items will often have their own period for public comment. And that is something that if you're not a reporter and you're not part of the city staff, that's really what most of the people in the room are there for, right, is to make public comment. And so it's very important if you're attending as a member of the public to know when it's your turn to speak. So I don't know if this is how it works everywhere, but in San Luis Obispo at the city council meetings, when you get there, you fill out a little piece of paper that's called a comment card, and there's often someone there to collect it, or you can walk up and hand it directly to the city clerk. And in that comment card, it asks you what item you're there to talk about. Of course, it's also a little bit different on Zoom. (laughs) Absolutely. Zoom has thrown a real wrench in the process of all of this. I would have to write a whole new article to talk about. It's a wrench, but then it's also a lifeline. I feel like I've been seeing more people who I don't typically see at meetings, which makes me wonder if, you know, remote participation will become something that's baked into the system down the road. I hope so. I think that it has really opened up public participation because previously, like you said, in order to make a public comment or to attend these meetings, you often had to be there in person. And that was prohibitive in a lot of ways for parents, for people with disabilities, for people who had jobs that were outside normal nine to five hours. So I really do hope that this online component stays a part of public meetings, but it has really made it hard for city organizations and local governments to keep the equality that you would have had just walking up and putting in that card because there's AV issues, which local government has never been good at audiovisual. <laughs> you can ask anyone. So they're working out the kinks still, unfortunately, but I hope that it does stick around. Me too. When I'm watching a meeting on Zoom, I can also be cooking dinner or helping with homework or any of the other things that are taking my attention on a given weeknight. But if we're going back to the in-person meetings just for a minute, let's think about like some of those meetings last for hours. So assuming that we are talking to people who have very busy lives and that sitting through several hours of public meeting on a Tuesday night is just not feasible. What's your recommendation? How do we maximize our impact there? Find out who your local government reporter is. It's almost always somebody different covering the county versus covering the city or the town and follow their work because I've always told this to people that that reporter is the people's eyes and ears in that room. We are the ones sitting there from 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. alongside your local government trying to cherry pick the stuff that you need to know. So if you don't have time to sit through these meetings but you're interested in them and you want to be more well informed about what's going on in your county or your city or your school board or you know even your HOA if you have a HOA reporter, (laughs) uh, you know, really, really support your local media because oftentimes there's only one or two maybe reporters in that room paying attention to what's going on. And that is so, so important for oversight of local government. I mean, the stories that break out of board of supervisors meetings, out of city council meetings are huge, huge stories sometimes that really affect your community. So if you can't be in that room, support the reporter who is. One thing that I've found to be very helpful is looking at the agenda in advance and watching online. I know lots of actually even local reporters who will, instead of just physically being present for the whole multi-hour meeting, will just kind of keep track of things as it proceeds online and then go to the physical meeting when the item that they know is newsworthy or relevant is coming up. And I think that as participants, we can take that same approach. Don't show up right at the very beginning if the item that you're interested in is going to be a couple hours in. 
Yeah, absolutely. There is no reason to sit through a board of supervisors meeting, which starts at 9 a.m. and ends at 5 p.m. unless you're a you know supervisor or one of their staff. You should, if you want to go to these meetings, definitely take a look at the agenda. Try to contact somebody and ask when they think it might show up, if it's going to be later in the afternoon or earlier in the day. You can kind of tell from the agenda. But things move around, so be on your toes. And if you can't go to the meeting, you know, there's always a way to check back in with the city or the county clerk and ask them what was decided and there's almost always video online of the discussion and the debate and the vote and there's there's a lot of ways to get the information that you're looking for but it can be a little tedious and unfortunately that's democracy right we elected these people to the seats and we expect them to debate on our behalf and to vote on our behalf and that takes time it's not the quickest of processes but it's a necessary process and a very important one Can we talk a little bit about civility, especially as it applies to approaching members of local government and city staff? I have found in my many years of covering local government that the people who sit on these boards, whether or not I agree with them politically, don't really do it because they want to trick the community or because they don't like the community. They go through a lot of harassment. They get a lot of hate. They get a lot of very strong opinions coming their way. And they do it because they love their community and they want that feedback and they want to hear from their constituents and they want to do the best job possible. And they are going off of what they think is best at any given moment. I truly don't think you have anybody dastardly sitting on a board. You might, I don't want to put a curtain over everything, but these people are there despite a lot of hate that they get in these jobs. And so even if I disagree with them on a political level, which I'm allowed to do now as an opinion writer, but maybe wasn't before as the city council reporter, I do have a lot of respect for local politicians who are doing this day in and day out, often on top of other jobs. So I would say try not to go into these meetings blazing. It's almost always a deeper story than what you've heard on social media. People who sign up for this role are doing so because they have a genuine desire to make the community better. And if we as citizens can go to them with a questioning mindset and just with the assumption that we don't know everything about the subject that they're approaching, then we're more likely to have a positive influence on the decision making process. Also, you may very well be bringing new knowledge to these people. You may have a piece of this story that they haven't heard before, but everybody, including the supervisors or the city councilors or the school board members, should keep in mind that nobody has all pieces of the puzzle. And so it's their job to listen to you. It's your job to listen to them. But ultimately, at the end of the day, we have elected those people to those seats to try to put that puzzle together and make the best decision that they can in a representative democracy. So if you don't like the decisions that they're making, then wonderful. There's almost always an election around the corner. If you do, then congrats, you elected the right person to the seat. But if you're going to these meetings to bring up an issue, even one that you feel very, very strongly about, I would just say, you know, approach that microphone with a little bit of respect for the people behind the dais, a little bit of respect for the city staff who work I've never met a city staff who doesn't work incredibly hard and who love their jobs and who genuinely want to try to help the community. So can you tell that I've sat through a lot of public comment periods where people are just screaming into this microphone? 
it's sadly a really common occurrence because the only things that really get people out to these meetings are hot topic issues. And there's always, always people who are mad about it. It's true. Our city staff put up with so much. And of course, our elected officials as well. Um, the least we can do when we approach them as citizens, as voters, is be respectful and um, make sure our voices are being heard. But those voices will be heard the best if we present them in a respectable way. I'm not saying don't hold them to account. Like they are absolutely should be under the eye of the public and should know that they answer to the public and to the reporters. And that's literally the job of the reporter in the room is to make sure that they know that there's the public's eye is on them. But a lot of respect goes a long, long way with city staff. Definitely. Robin, thank you so much. It's been a real pleasure talking with you. Thank you so much, Kim. It was a pleasure. Now it's time for today's action item. I posted two links in the show notes for you. First is Robin's article about how city council meetings work. The other is San Luis Obispo's website where you can subscribe to their email updates so you'll know when an issue you care about is coming up for a vote. If you can speak during public comment or email your council members even once this year, you'll be helping to make sure citizens like you are represented when local decisions are made. Today's episode was produced by Francisco Martinez with music by Wes Bishop. If you liked the show, please share it with a friend and subscribe on Spotify, Apple, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Kim Bishop. See you next time on Agenda Breakdown.